I guess I was pretty horny. What's in the bag? A shark or something? Oh, no, not the beast! God damn it! How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? I'm a vampire. Kill me. Fucking files! Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beaten to you? Pissed! Blood! That's our boy Nicholas Cage. What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table? Hi guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so thank you guys so much for watching the movie with us. Did we all have a really good time? Yeah. <laughs> Swaggy. I um, I have to say, I first of all, as a kid, I definitely didn't realize like how many actors are in it because I was a child, so I didn't understand like the relevance of like uh, Jason. Is it Christopher Eccleston? Is that how I say it? Eccleston. Which um, one's that? He was he was the bad guy. The Scottish the, man? Yeah, which is great. Nice. Well, I mean, I think he was British. <laughs> so, okay, he's Dr. Train Spotting. Hey! I know I invited you all to talk, but, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't even realize that Robert Duvall's in it. And the, fu- the funny thing about having Robert Duvall in this movie with Nick is just that obviously we know that Robert Duvall is a main character in the Godfather movies. Hell, hell yeah. And a lot of Godfather, we talk about Godfather in a lot of our episodes because of... Coppola. <laughs> because because Francis Ford Coppola, Nicolas Cage's <laughs> uncle. Um, <laughs> but first of all, I wanted to ask Asia, what did you think? Because this is the first time Asia's ever watched the movie. Honestly, I really liked it. I wasn't as hype as I thought I was going to be. It was a pretty tame movie. It was the dr- the racing scenes were less intense than what I remembered. And I and I I was thinking directly about The Rock which yes. we watched a couple weeks ago with Michael blah 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 bay bay bay. Um but <laughs> but that like there's one specific chase scene in The Rock that is so overstimulating. Oh yeah. And I thought that most of this movie was going to feel that way a and it didn't tr- really. trolley explodes for like 3 minutes straight. They threw a trolley 15 feet in the air. Sorry, uh 15 feet in the air. <laughs> I get really like uh, <laughs> uh, when I talk. You're being live. It works live. It doesn't work when you're recording. <laughs> this is this is our fir- this is our first time doing anything in front of an audience, so it's kind of interesting. <laughs> I'm so sweaty. I'm so, my ass is sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's good. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I I. I did really like it. It w- it did seem underwhelming compared to the last couple of like actiony movies that we've seen from him and. I don't really understand like Angelina Jolie's character in this, but it's okay. She's literally there for like sexual arousal. She doesn't even drive very much. She puts on lipstick. She, she drives a minivan and fucking blows a kiss. I'm sorry. She puts anyway. on lipstick, and I turned to Jason during it, our producer, and I was like, "What ha- what happened to her lipstick?" It just went away. It was just gone. Oh, no. But actually, you know what I noticed this time? Because obviously as a child, like I'm not paying attention to like story plots or like exactly. I mean, I get I get why they have the incentive of like we have to get this done in a certain amount of time. But don't you think a better driving force would have been to keep his brother as hostage? Why did they release his brother so fast? Yeah, Giovanni was like, hey, what's up? I'll help you. And I was like, wait, but like, isn't the whole point is to keep you safe? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess I guess before we sit and ask um, the audience like what they thought, I guess one of the one of the main things I wanted to talk about is that um, 
this is the 33rd movie of Nicolas Cage we've watched mm. so far. And That's there's a, the most movies I've watched in any capacity from any director, any actor, anything. It's been Nicolas Cage, it, 33 movies. Well, we, we, probably we more. Probably more. We talked about this actually recently um, about how when we started this journey, we thought that, you know, I mean, we were all laughing during this movie and like how ridiculous it was. But to be honest, you guys, this is probably one of the best so far of like in character, non ridiculous Nick we've seen. Yeah. He actually did like a really good job. I like y'all, laughing, y'all like, are fucking <laughs> laughing. Have you seen Vampire's Kiss? No. <laughs> Sam <laughs> has because Sam was in the episode and he's here today. Deadfall and like Kiss of Death and shit. <laughs> like what? I actually, it's funny because I was paying attention and I don't think we have a this is why we came here moment. No. He was just kind of like, we got to do this shit, you guys. My unicorn. I honestly, like, he wasn't. Not not to say like he didn't have that much personality in the movie, but he was very like one dimensional as a character, in my opinion. He denied Angelina, right? He denied her. <sighs> I think she kind of denied him. I don't know. Kidding, he was all freaky. So- oh, well, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Who is that? Is that Savannah? <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> um. Well, what's okay? So what's actually what's been. F- What's been fun about the last few blockbusters that he's put out is that they've all been right around my birthday. This one came out a day before my birthday, June 5th, 2000. We're officially in the new century. Mm. Yet still untainted by (laughs) 9-11. Yeah. It's come up a lot because watching these movies before 9-11 is like the, oh my God, like the racism and shit in this movie. Oh, hella racism. Uh, Like if you guys have seen The Rock and... The military one. Which one is it? Oh, eight millimeter. No, no, no. Uh, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. So much terrorism. So much domestic terrorism. (laughs) Gary Sinise was an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fucking Lieutenant Dan. So I did some research since this is our 33rd movie. I did some research up until this point. What is the highest grossing and lowest grossing film that he's done? Bet, bet. Um, so, so So each week I like to test Asia and I go, what do you think the budget was and what do you think the box and i'm wrong was? every time and we're always <laughs> wrong um so last week was bringing out the dead martin scorsese film and it was oh did you look okay you bu- fu- just you fucking told me earlier today <laughs> no, no 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 i mean for this one um oh no i'm not it like- was like the budget was lower than it usually has been and it was 32 million and the <laughs> box office was 16.8 so so it was bad so it lost 15.2 million dollars so Asia, what do you think the budget for this film was, considering how much chaos was happening? Um, I'm gonna say like 83 million. That's not bad. Uh, so it was 90 million. Oh, okay. What do What do we think that it? I mean, you can all yell it out. I don't know if it'll get caught on mic, but what do we think that the box office grows? So this was $237.2 million. Profit! So it profited $147.2 million. With a cast like that? With a cast like that. Okay, so, so far, the highest grossing film of Nick's career at this point, which is 33 movies, was The Rock, directed by Michael Bay. Hell yeah. It profited. It was $75 million. It, it, the box office was... That was the budget. The box office was... Three hundred thirty-five point one million. It grossed two hundred and sixty point one million dollars. That movie's 
fucking phenomenal. Yeah, no, that's like one of my favorites that we've watched so we far. We were, so, it was like a roller coaster. It was, it so, was good. so much fun. And Sean Connery, I mean, come I on. It's been, it's been an amazing journey. We've actually seen a lot of movies that are really fantastic. Yeah. Like overall amazing movies. And we have, they're just going to get better from here. But what's been so fun is that in these last like six months, he's, making so many movies that are coming up oh, oh present day yeah yeah and they're and they're about to be nuts all right thank you thank you so much for coming thank and you. staying and listening and talking about the movie i'm so sorry <laughs> thank you for sharing how much we love nick with each other and we'll have more of these thanks to the one instagram follower who's watching <laughs> stand there this is who me, Butthole Expression, you put the bunny back in the box? Take it. Hello, Lord. Yes, call you the executioner for nothing. Because I don't give a fuck. Hey! Don't talk to me about light! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, are we on the show? Is that all? Is that all going in? We'll see. Fuck. Yeah, we'll see. We We should probably segue somehow. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show for the first time starting right now. You don't get to... Just because you're a producer. (laughs) We're picking up in the middle. In media res? Yes. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Welcome back to Gone in 60 Seconds, the non-live portion. Yeah, that was kind of cringy. With the live book portion, yeah, it's okay. A lot of it's going to be cut out. Yeah, oh. I think I think depending on how it cut how it cuts, like there's probably it'll probably be okay. I just wanted to have at least good stuff. Definitely talked for forty minutes. I assumed we that did. It was way too long. Yeah, we're not we're not going to though. So we we watched Gone in sixty seconds. I don't know. 60. Did we? Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> I can't say it now. I know. I keep saying sixty every it's time. It's so hard. Um, Sorry. But so really quickly, I know we already kind of discussed parts of the movie and everything, but we want Jason to read the synopsis. Oh, I'm reading the synopsis. Yeah, we have a guest do it. Uh, All right. Right side. A car thief is forced to steal 50 luxury vehicles in one night in order to save the life of his brother, who has fallen foul of a dangerous crime lord. Once the most successful car thief in California, he must reassemble his old gang to fulfill the almost impossible mission. His task is further hampered by a rival band of thieves and, of course, the local police. These motherfuckers. These motherfuckers. Fuck you, pig! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the police! Um, well, I think what was so interesting about this film is that most of us were either revisiting it after at least like 10 years mm-hmm. or seeing it for the first time. Totes. Um, Asia saw it for the first time. You saw it as a repeat, right? Oh yeah, but, I've, but I've it's been a minute. Seen it, yeah, like four or five times. I watched this movie a lot, but every single watch was prior to the age of twelve. I would say the same. Maybe, yeah. maybe like fifteen for yeah. me. Maybe might be for me. Uh, yeah, probably like fourteen. Probably or about 15. the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was interesting because I know going into it, I was like, "Oh, I'm so excited. This is like one of my favorites. It's one of the reasons I love Nick." And for me, um, I I don't think it held up as much as I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to kind of pick Asia's brain as to like coming into it with a whole new viewing experience, especially now that we have a certain expectation of Nick and Nick films. Mm. Oh, yeah, I think honestly, I think that that's what the problem was for me is because I've seen him be so hype and like a bunch of other shit. Mm-hmm. And this seemed like really tame in comparison. It was. 
like it was a fine movie yeah like, I, I i mean it wasn't like boring mm-hmm. which as i say like every other episode that's like the main thing for me is if it's boring like i'm like fuck this movie i'll never watch it again right that's why i had a hard time with lars von trier yeah <laughs> like why is everything shot at 240 fps jesus <laughs> christ um but it just wasn't like like it's a movie about stealing cars and i just heard the valley girl come out and me it's a, it's a movie about stealing cars <laughs> about stealing from long cars. beach from long beach but then they're all of a sudden like in downtown they're like in, in the, the arts <laughs> district <laughs> um but for a movie that's like about stealing cars mm. it didn't seem as fast paced as i wanted it to be it wasn't as fast paced as i remembered it to be yeah um and i feel like it should have felt even more fast-paced than it would be if we had watched it here because we watched it with a bunch of people right on a huge projector screen with fucking surround sound right and so because of that it's like it, this is a, gonna be a really mild rating for me to be honest yeah Whoa. surprising for me too but yeah like i um i think if i had rewatched this movie after like 10 years it might not have held up as much but also having gone through the journey of what we've experienced, I think that also changed a lot for me. Like, it's still like a nostalgic film for me Mm -hmm. because I was like, especially when it starts in that opening long ass credits with Moby playing, I was like, Mm 2000s. I was like, wow, I'm in it. And I remember like, all the soundtrack in this movie is great because it's just like the year 2000s, like songs that came out during like 1999 and 2000. And um, so like, I did, I did, still really enjoy the first act but by the second act i started getting bored yeah and i didn't remember and it's funny because i really didn't even remember any of the third act Mm -hmm. so that felt like i was like seeing it for the first time Mm -hmm. and the car chase scenes like since it is about them stealing 50 cars in one night to make up for a deadline so his brother doesn't get murdered Mm -hmm. which is stupid because i know i mentioned this earlier but he gets released yeah why would they let him go right like that to me i'd be like let's all just like hangtail and get the fuck out of here yeah rather than being like oh let's put ourselves on the line and get in trouble with the cops and like steal 50 cars even though giovanni's right here his name's kip in the movie but kip kip um but but beside all that um wait i want to say one more thing because like you were saying i've never seen this movie and i got I actually, like, I think The Rock fucked with my expectations for it. Yeah, that's what I was going to finish with. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because because I loved the car chase in that movie, mm. and it was, like, nine minutes long. Yeah. And there, I remember saying in the episode that it was, like, nice because there were so many close-ups, and I feel like it wasn't so much about the cars. Like, this felt like car porn yeah. compared mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. I, yes, it did. What yeah. I what I was gonna what I was gonna say is like that since it is like this high like fifty cars one night, they're all racing these cars, and then for there to be like it finalized in a in a driving sequence. I remember before the movie started, I was like driving shit to this, and then it was happening. I was like, oh my god, no, this is not epic at all. Like mm. there didn't seem to be like crazy high stakes. They're just kind of like flying through the streets. Like it wasn't as yeah. like. I didn't need Michael Bay explosions per se, although it would have been nice. Um, <laughs> but it just didn't feel like that scene. That scene in um, in The Rock is in the middle of the movie. It's not even like the climax point. No, no. And the climax point in this didn't even feel as fun as that. Yeah. Um, also, so I agree. Like, just should, is there something else you want to talk about? Because I'm just about to start tearing the movie. Please. No, no. I'm okay. no. I'm good. Um. Like. 
they do stupid stuff too. Like they a lot of the conflict that happens is like the younger car thieves like just being stupid. Yeah. That's interesting that you bring that up cuz you're right cuz thinking about it they the older car thieves which is Nick Cage, Robert Duvall and stuff basically come in to clean up the younger guys mess uh-huh. but then the younger guys are like well it's our mess we want to help and then they make a bigger mess yeah so it's like if you just sat the fuck back and let the professionals do it maybe none of this would have happened it probably would have been okay <laughs> right i think the stakes were just like not right they were just fucked up like mm. i remember they threatened to kill his mom too at one point and we only oh, see yeah. the mom one time yeah like she's not even really a character. With, well that's what women that are for in film right is I, to give the this hero movie stakes is so terrible with yeah. that yeah. like it's terrible with a lot of things. Racism's all There's, over the place. Boy, they're like not only is racism all over the place, it's needlessly all over the place. Like yeah. it's they just drop horrible racial stereotypes. Like they pepper them into every scene just for fun. Yeah. There's like never any like reason or anything. It's like, oh yeah, Asians are bad at driving. Black people can't swim. We're having fun. Yeah. Like God. it's and so then, like, bad. And then Angelina J- Jolie's character, I know Asia had a big issue does nothing. with her. She does nothing but to be hot. Yeah. And, it and doesn't grind really, on a stick shift. Yeah, it re- doesn't aid the story at all. She yeah. doesn't drive. Mm-hmm. No. Or she, she does. She, she but drives like, the minivan. She drives the minivan. Yeah. Like, what the fuck does that even say? Like, yeah. I, I didn't even think about, like, symbolically. <laughs> I'm sure that they didn't really even think about it that much. But it's like, why the fuck is she driving a minivan? Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, because one of the first times we see, the first time we see her in the movie, she's a mechanic working on a car. And that's super dope. Makes her look really badass. Then she goes to her second job mm-hmm. and she's a bartender or whatever. But then she doesn't as work on any of the cars in the whole movie. She doesn't drive them. What's her fucking purpose? As soon as she enters back into Nicolas Cage's life in this movie, she loses all agency. Yeah. Which is like maybe a symbolic thing of like this guy is bad news and you shouldn't be around him because you get yeah. sucked into his vortex. But I'm not going to give him that much credit. <laughs> Even then, no. like I don't under- I don't understand. Like there wasn't enough motivation for like any of the shit that was happening like mm. whenever she comes back she makes it a big point to say like i'm not coming back i'm different now like you abandoned me here and then i have before. to make do by doing like these two jobs or whatever and then she just like shows up and she's like i'm here for kip yeah it's like <laughs> okay what the fuck happened like there was nothing yeah. and why do you care about kip like they're they're i don't as far as i was aware they don't mention anything about her and Kip having any kind of like relation to or each other. Yeah. Or anything. yeah. Yeah. We just like, know that she has some history with Nick and we still don't even know how serious that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so for her to come back, it's just yeah, it's just kinda like you probably fucked in the past, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's sexual tension. Pro- probably. It was just an excuse for you to ride up on a motorcycle and it's not even Angelina Jolie in real life. So <laughs> Oh true. And her hair. I love the hair. I hate it. I love the hair just because I remember watching this movie as a kid. I would twist my hair like that out of the shower. I think at the time it was it was a choice that worked. Yeah. But it's just one that immediately aged out. Yeah. Which makes sense from the director of Swordfish, Dominic Cena. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he John Cena's else. brother. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's different spelling. <laughs> you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck um <clears throat> yeah no it's uh, like this guy's every movie that this guy did season of the witch immediately dated um he also did california with, with a, a k, k. yeah i remember that one um yeah they're every single one of his films is insanely dated um also like weird amount of like space between each film that he does oh really <laughs> yeah like 93 2000 2001 2009 2011 well what i think might be interesting about this movie is like we're watching this movie almost 20 years later. Sure. Whereas 
maybe at the time and maybe i mean i was also i was a kid so i didn't really care as much i just was like ooh, shiny cars it's fun good soundtrack but i'm wondering if we were in the movies when this came out if we thought it was kind of epic or not mm -hmm. i know it still came out after the rock so i'm wondering if we would have but would we have liked it better I probably would have had less critiques. Yeah. But I don't know if I would like it more. Here's yeah. the thing. And and I know you guys talked about this, but Michael Bay does not get near enough credit for being an insanely talented director. Oh, He's amazing. Sure. Like I just like, haven't seen like a ton of Michael Bay movies. Yeah. yeah. His shit is amazing. Like outside of the Transformers movies and even the first Transformers movie I think is fairly well directed. Oh yeah. Um but like his other movies are fucking killer. Like they're they're so well directed. They're so beautifully shot. He's got a he's got a real like style that he brings to his films that yeah. is unparalleled. Yeah. Um <clears throat> This is a very stylish film though. It is. It, it honestly it's funny cuz Jason was turning to me in the middle of the movie and we were kind of laughing at the lighting. Yeah. Because like the lights in the car that were being illuminated where it was like neon blue and neon green it was like that, what's the practical? Like, yeah, that shit coming Exactly. From? That shit was driving me nuts where every interior that we saw, every car interior that we saw was underlit by something yeah but like there was oftentimes it was in completely dark cars like the car was off there were no screens on in it yet somehow they would have like the least egregious of them but still like in a weird way the most egregious mm. was when it would be like warm light like just yellow light coming from nowhere underneath yeah. them it's like where the fuck in a car is that coming from yeah and then they'd be like in their surveillance van with just a neon blue light coming up and it's like no computer screens are on um. they're just in a regular mini minivan and somehow their faces are entirely blue it, it it's is so 2000. It is so 2000. And honestly, the colors in this movie are fun because yeah. of that. Yeah. And I love the fucking Asia kept commenting on it. But I love the the countdown to how many days they have. Oh, God. Because it's this, it looks just like the 24 countdown. Yeah. Where it's like just that like early 2000s, so like boop, boop, like with like the timer yeah. and. It was like the it was the digital age, and so yeah. everything had to look real digital and yeah. cyber. <laughs> like white two K. Like what? What'd you say? Y two K. Oh, <laughs> um, I did. I uh, I didn't think about that until you brought it up, Asia. But um, I did. I did actually like that we were able to watch this with a crowd because it made it more fun to kind of like, you know, I mean, just the fact that it's our namesake, and then also just to like kind of laugh at it together and like have the big surround sound because yeah i think if you and i were watching it i probably would have like tapped out <laughs> i would i probably would have been oh, bored. really you like really were that bored with it i was pretty bored i mean i wasn't like well okay it was it, it, during the last act it just felt like it was starting to drag yeah to be all. to be fair to the movie yeah you did get up for like fairly extended periods of time well but what two you or three times during the is film. i was standing in line at the bathroom watching the screen from the line so I was still watching. Sure, sure, sure. But no, I know I did get up every once in a while. No, it's still, it's still like I still like it because I still will keep it with one of probably, I don't know anymore, mm. if it's gonna be one of my favorite Nick movies anymore, just because I've learned so oh, much. Oh, how the mighty fall. Yeah, no joke. I think. I, oh. Go ahead, please. I think what I was gonna say earlier, because I've kind of spent some time thinking about it. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> is that. It, they didn't leave anything to the imagination. Like, mm. with the stakes, that's what I was, like, losing. Um, they told us what the stakes were, and the stakes were really low because of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, we see that the guy at the dealership talks to the police, and we know that the, he's going to rat them out. Oh. So whenever the dude is going and getting the laser-cut Mercedes keys at the dealership, we're like, well, that's going to fuck everything up. 
right and then, like it doesn't matter at the end yeah yeah because it gets resolved but anyway i'm sorry i think honestly um i don't think it would have made sense in this time period when the movie came out but i think what would have actually probably been more epic for me is if somebody died throughout the night oh i thought that kid was gonna die he should have the one that got shot yeah he yeah. should have he didn't that was the closest we came to being concerned. I either wanted him to die or I wanted him to get laid. And neither <laughs> happened. So I was really disappointed. What are you here for? He should have he should have either died or gotten laid or they should have like protested and taken him to a hospital at which point like there's more conflict. There's there's more conflict. Yeah, there's yeah. more like cops on them or something like that. Um It was it was the one of the younger kids who um he, he was kind of dumb, like typical blonde Californian looking dude. And they were like, well, no, he's great. I vouch for him because he hacks into like the DMV yeah, and he's stuff. He's like the nerdy one. Yeah, he's like the nerdy one who doesn't really know how to do things in the field. So he fucks up and he gets shot. And this was always, God, this was the period where every single film had someone just hacking into a government database like in a few seconds. Every time I see that now, it makes me want to like shove my head through a wall. It's so infuriating that like what little understanding that we had of the internet at the time. And even still, like it was just like filmmakers were so lazy at the time. They'd just be like, oh, I don't know. They hack into something. It's, you know, we can get around a a plot barrier. And I think that part part of the reason I said that just a little bit ago is like it is lazy. Like you don't see the cops like putting the pieces together. Like you aren't putting any pieces together. They're just like, oh, the cops are here again. Yeah. Yeah. There were like so many coincidental, like no reason to be there. Just like shit. Like when they show up to his mom's uh, place or whatever, or like when they're staying, you know, it's like, why are you there? Yeah. There's no. Yeah, well, they don't even, earn a lot of shit. And even like at one point, um, one of the detectives turns to the other one and goes, "I just got off the phone with this dude. Guess what I found out?" Like they like yep. get tips that they didn't dig for. It yep. just kind of like is handed to them. No. So yeah, that was a little bit. It's um, like anti zodiac. Yeah, right. Jesus, oh, what a great movie. Um, well, one of the things though, I think, and and it's been interesting for me in Asia is like a lot of the action movies we've been seeing with Nick, um, like from the nineties, is hmm. they do kind of just offer plot points and don't have to go too far into it because it was a more accepting audience at the time now we're like but why did they do that like you know and so well uh, yes and no i mean the critical response to this movie was not great either oh i'm sure i mean this i'm not saying this movie in particular i'm just saying like we Mm. see that more in this time where it's like oh well we could just accept it but i don't think that that's fair i think yeah i think it still needs to be developed i think more audiences now fancy themselves film literate Whereas before, people, I think, were, like, more trusting of just, like, oh, we'll see what Roger Ebert says or whatever. Yeah. Whereas now it's, like, everyone kind of thinks they know what movies should be. Everyone's got a fucking opinion. <laughs> everyone's got a fucking opinion these days. But I think, well, I mean, and it's also because, like, at the time, blockbusters were very different yeah. and fun. Now, even the regular blockbusters, like, it's it's more of, like, an art form and, like, like that. Like, just what cinema has, like, developed into and, like, kind of... Um, that's what makes i think the audience start to ask more questions because there's more movies out and blah 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 Mm -hmm. so this movie so at the time that this movie came out and and especially like the next like five years afterward um was like the first time that i had like a career that i was passionate about of like pursuing or whatever you had a career i didn't have a career i had a i had a career that i was wanting to follow my parents were stealing cars yeah, so were mine. Oh shit! <laughs> um, no, it was it was. Uh, I wanted to be a, a car designer. I was like, I was so into like um, the guy. Actually, the guy who designed Eleanor, 
his name was chip foose he was like my idol he was like the guy that I like wanted to be when I grew up. He he had a show on TLC called Overhaulin where they Will would you like explain what Eleanor is to the audience. Eleanor is the uh, Mustang in this movie. Uh, it's a Shelby GT Shelby Ford GT500 mm-hmm. uh, Mustang. If you watch the movie Ford v Ferrari, Matt Damon and John Bernthal are the two people who sort of create the the Shelby Mustang. Um, John Bernthal kind of creates the Mustang, and then Carol Shelby is like that's. He asks Carol Shelby to turn it into a race car, and Carol Shelby says that thing's a fucking secretary's car because the Mustang was not badass when it came out. The Mustang was like a very just like low stakes, like mm. oh, it's kind of like a Miata. It's cute. Yeah, it's like a cute little two door. It literally was a Miata of its time. Okay. Um, and and so then, but John Bernthal's character named Lee Iacocca, um, goes to Carol Shelby and he says, "Hey, we want to win races with this thing." Uh, and Carol Shelby laughs at him for a long time, and then finally says, "Okay, I'll do it." Um, and then makes the Shelby GT500, which um, debuted in 67, which is the year that we see in this movie. Um, but Chip Foose took the original Shelby GT500 and turned it into the car that we see in the movie, which is like mm. a bit modified and like yeah. sleeker looking from what the originals were. That's like, the, they call it the unicorn. That's the one that Nick's like chasing. He's got history with this car. Yeah, yeah. That's the, he saves it for last. Totally. But go on. Um, and, well, and this car became like an instant like, favorite of gearheads like gearheads love this movie in a certain way just because it's a really cool car like the car chase scenes aren't that adequately like made Mm. but there's like a few like really like sort of fan servicey things in this movie where they talk about like certain engines or like you know things like that and there's one that like line that doesn't add up where they're just like we used to listen to like the races on the tape and we'd call out which race it was and which motor and it's like no one would ever do that that's i grew up around oh, gearheads yourself <laughs> i grew up around gearheads and people who are passionate about racing like yeah. no one would ever do that it's yeah. just a dumb thing to do um but but that being said the the guy who designed this car was like a huge inspiration for me and so like i would watch this movie constantly just to like look at all the cars but particularly uh eleanor and i i cannot tell you how many times i've drawn that you drew car. last night before the movie started. i did before the movie started i was like doodling on my sketchbook and and uh it was the first time i had drawn a car and like probably at least a year. It was so cute. Um, thanks. Uh, but yeah, this this car was like a definitely a huge like influence on me, and so it made me love the movie, even though this movie is fucking garbage. It was like yeah. that, and then Angelina Jolie grinding on a stick shift, or I guess I think it was the handbrake. But like, she fucking grabs that shit hard. She does. Oh, yeah. And my thirteen year old brain was like, hell yeah. You're like, I just came already. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I didn't have to I, touch I don't myself. know what coming is, and I already did it. <laughs> You're like, I've been trying for so long, and all of a sudden, yeah, it Angelina. Was, she did it for me for a while. Those weird ass contacts. She, I know. They're so bizarre. <laughs> I didn't understand why. That was another big thing in this why period can't she of time. Have because color contacts, color contacts were a new thing. <laughs> At the time. So they just wanted it because they, just they could? Wanted it. Yeah, it's anytime any new thing comes around, they're always throwing it in. Yeah. You know, it's like when, when smartphones were a thing, every movie was about smartphones. And like, you know, it's it's like constantly this like, you know, or like there's 50 movies about social media after Facebook becomes big. Like, right. Um, and it, at this time, you'll watch like a lot of movies from like this period. There's so many actors and actresses just arbitrarily wearing color contacts to be like, I want to look different for this role. It's the same as fucking Johnny Depp keeps like putting on prosthetic noses and like beards and like, yeah. you know, weird co- contacts still bleaching his eyebrows or whatever. Like he's constantly trying to make himself look different because he hates the person he sees in the mirror every day. Uh, and I think it's the same with a lot of actors. <laughs> um so nicholas cage in this movie so nicholas cage in this movie (laughs) i um it's funny because as a kid i i thought he was like a little bit older but then watching it i like age and i were like dude he's still hot like he He is so hot in this movie his jaw structure in this movie like i don't know if it's like high cheekbones and sunken cheeks makes him look 
so much like he just looked a little different in this and like they also had his hair kind of like blondish yeah, yeah. It, it was had, like, like a, a little bit highlighted yeah it's a little, a little highlighted because i mean it's thinning out so maybe they were like oh if we highlight it it's not <laughs> as noticeable <laughs> Jesus Christ. but he he looked hella good he did he truly did so that was that I'd was fun for him. me and and it is funny because since we're used to I, I know asia mentioned this earlier since we're used to him doing a little bit more he was so calm yeah in this whole movie yeah he was so just like, yeah, well, pink underwear's good. Pink underwear's nice. It feels weirdly like a movie that he was like more uh, uh, into or like passionate about making than some of the other ones. Like in that in that weird way where it's like he wasn't trying to yeah, make I, up for the material. No, no, I disagree. Really, if he was passionate about it, he would have. We would have felt his caginess. That's when he gets excited. Because I want, I wonder if it like I, I've in the I could be misreading this. You guys know more than me, but like I've always kind of thought of his caginess as being a thing that he does to like almost make up for the material, no. where he he isn't as passionate about it. No, interesting. No, it's actually um, it's because he it's it's his form of like uh, what is what does he call his acting style? Oh God, I don't know. It's like method acting in a way, but it's like his own nouveau. Yeah, something. he's very um expressive if he loves german expressionism and like shit like that so like when he does that like if they allow him to go to those levels mm -hmm. it's not him acting out against the character it's him being excited about being wacky nouveau shamanic yes yeah. novu shamanic yeah um and then when he's when he's honed in on certain things and he just like plays it a little bit more docile that means that they didn't let him be free interesting yeah so you think from, he from what he usually says he Although and john cena's brother didn't get along I will say that in the same way this character was very like calm and collected, I felt the same way about his character in City of Angels, and I didn't feel like that spark in this movie. Mm. Yeah, because that made sense in that movie, yeah. where it was like, oh, he's so calm, and he's, he's not, like, he's, he's peaceful. Exactly. Whereas this one, like, I could see... Maybe the calm and collective thing is like that's why he's so good at this is because he doesn't lose his shit and that's why he like is the guy to steal the cars and keep a cool head. Mm. So maybe that was the reason behind it. But um, but you're right, it didn't grab me as much as normally I think it would have. So here's my question because I actually have never seen Drive. Oh okay. Oh buddy. Yeah. How is um, what's his name's character? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. How is Ryan Gosling's character in that movie? Is he like this character? No. No. Okay. He's angry he's no. very mysterious he's shy he's he's shy and mysterious he doesn't have too much anger to him there's like an under there's like a, a sort of boiling under the surface but uh -huh. he's he's just kind of generally like a sort of compassionate nice guy who freaks out a little bit every once in a while yeah i feel like that's what this character should have been like yeah especially because they tried to like do this thing where they're like kip don't you know why your brother really left he actually really loves you a lot underneath all of this. Yeah. And but I just didn't feel like he was like, like hiding anything. It yeah. just seemed like he had no personality. He didn't really have any depth. No. And yeah. I don't I I see where you're going with um like the Ryan Gosling portrayal, but um that character is a little bit more unique to that scenario. So like maybe some touches of it for this, but but that his character wouldn't really fit in this, but I agree with you in the sense that like we need to know, like, what his troubling past is. Why did he get out of this? Like, what mm -hmm. is, like, we didn't sense any of that. He's just kind of like, I gave it up. I work yeah. with kids now. 
I guess I'll get back into it. Like, I want to know if he's, like, the top of his game of stealing cars and, like, being a criminal. Like, what is his story? Exactly. Like, we want to feel more of that. So yeah. that was – um and, and and kind of all the characters felt that way, except for except for Giovanni, just because honestly, like he's supposed to be like the fuck up little brother and like drug addict, and he did a good job playing that. So he's the only one who I felt like really nailed that character, like nailed his character. Yeah. But um, well, I guess one of the questions I was going to ask us was just kind of like how we felt about Nick's performance, but we just did that. So now that we've had like a night to think about it and process, do we even do we think that there's a this is why we came here moment? I can only think of one, and I don't even think it counts. Which one are you thinking of? When he pulls the gun in the beginning on him, and he's like, let my brother go, but it's not even that epic, and it's warranted. Uh. I mean, I, but, I, you know, being, it's it's not really a this is why we came here moment, but the moment when he's listening to Lowrider, and he puts his hands up, and he's doing the weird <laughs> oh. shaky thing. Let's go. Let's go. Let's ride. Yeah. yeah. Like that. That was pretty good. That moment. I, I feel like is a very just dumb Nicolas Cage, like, I'm going to be in this character and, like, you know, really inhabit this moment and do, like, a weird affectation that only this guy would do, even though it, like, makes I, no sense of this characterization at all. I didn't even see it. I Ugh. was excited when it happened because I did it with it because it's, like, one of my favorite things. He goes like this and goes, let's ride. Yeah, and, like, he, he, like, just, takes like, a whole a second like, shaking his hands. Go. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, waiting for the right beat, but the beat that they go on, like, isn't even really, like, a significant beat. It's, like, just kind of in the middle of a part. I guess that could, yeah, I guess that would count. But um, but I don't even think, I don't know. Like, he's, he just didn't, I don't even want to, I, I really don't even want to rate that because I would rate it, like, a two. <laughs> Asia doesn't remember it, so it, it doesn't count. It's a zero for me. <laughs> <laughs> she's still wearing her Nick Cage shirt, which is great. It's so soft. Isn't it really? Yeah. It's a very comfy shirt. I slept in it too. Did you? I literally just like kept it on. I Yeah, it's that's a good one. I like that one a lot. Um, Roger Ebert had, this is just a, a really quick quote in his review of this movie. It's one of my like favorite quotes that I've heard about uh, a single movie is, this is the kind of movie that ends up playing on the TV set over the bar in a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly yeah. like, my Shit, feeling. that's good. So... Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something, Asia? I mean, I was just going to say, like, I probably would not watch this movie again, but it's one of the first movies that we've seen in a while. I think the last one probably being Honeymoon in Vegas, where mm. it seems like something that would play on the TV that I'd watch. Right. Like if it was on TV, but yeah. you wouldn't select it. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. If I saw it on, I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah. Gone in 60 Seconds is on. But I would never be like, oh, can we watch Gone in 60 Seconds tonight? Although you, I feel like you might have been that way before seeing it on this rewatch. It, I, I would have been, yeah, yeah definitely. Because um, I was so excited when the first act was happening. Because I, I was like, oh, it's so great. I'm totally. having so much fun. And I think um, there is a lot of fun in this movie. Like it it, is. It, It's nonsensical, but there's a lot of shit that's like wacky and wild and makes no sense. And I definitely appreciate that in a movie. Yeah. It's yeah. like... You can tell that this movie was made around the time of Fast and Furious. Like, mm. it's that type of movie where, like, if you actually try to dig into it, there's nothing there. Right. But, like, there's just a lot of, like, flair and style, yeah. whether or not that style is any good. Like, there's just a lot of flair and style and, like, you know, candy for, like, dudes who hit their girlfriends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> candy for dudes who hit their girlfriends. Make it a t-shirt, someone. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, what do we want to rate the movie uh, as a whole? Do we want Jason to start? You want Asia to start? You want Jason me? to start? Ugh. On a scale of one to ten. We do point systems here. I know you hate me for that. No, you're good. One to ten. Um, I'll go... Th this this feels a little generous, but I'll go four and a half. 
Oh, I was gonna do four point eight. Wow. Okay. Never mind. Uh, that's I, I'm 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 gonna stick to my four and a half just because there's enough. Th- well, we don't have to agree. That's no. I, I know we don't have to agree. Um, I'm just trying to think objectively. I think it's a movie that I would put on maybe once every five years or so in the background while doing other stuff. Uh, so maybe that puts it above a five. I do feel like below a five and I'm never going to watch it again. So maybe it's a 5.1. I was, I was going to do a 5.8 just because I think the first act is fun and I don't, I would watch it again just, but that's mostly nostalgia reasons. I don't think it's hard for me to rate this one just because I have a history with it. And I will say, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Um, cast is great. The cast, cast is, great. is great. The dude, what's the dude from Pushing Daisies? I always forget his name. Um, but like they're they're Delroy Lindo is his name. I I loved or no Delroy Lindo was um the detective. Uh, he did a pretty fucking good job. Um, I like Vinnie Jones is fun. Like, I love Vinnie Jones. His his character coming in. Chai McBride, that's his name. Eating a sandwich and putting it on a corpse when he's in a morgue Jesus is Christ. one of my favorite intros of any of his characters. So great. Also, <laughs> just speaking of dead people, uh, Chris Eccleston falling into the fucking coffin at the end is one of the most egregious things I've ever oh seen in my goddamn God. life. Like, I built my first coffin. Ugh. It's Foreshadowing. Like such, it's like the dumbest... It's like the dumbest setup payoff I've ever seen in a goddamn movie. Yeah. It's so contrived for absolutely no reason other than yeah. like this guy built like laid his own bed. Now he's going to lay like, yeah, it's like the most substance that that moment has. He was hot in this. Wow. too. He was hot in this. I've I was, never found him attractive before until this movie. I was shocked at how old Christopher Eccleston looked in this movie. And then I realized he's 55 years old right now. Cause he looks like he's in his forties and in, in 99, <laughs> like it, when, when this movie is filmed. He I looked like he, a guy in his 40s. I thought he looked late 30s. I was actually surprised at how young he was. I was like, wait. Really? Wait. But I forgot that. I was like, oh, I guess they're prob- they're the same age. Because he's what? Yeah. You said 55? He's so, 55 right now. I guess so was, Nick. he was born in 64, so he would have been, yeah, like 35. So yeah. Um, And so it, it, like, it adds up. But it was just like weird. I was like, damn. Because in Doctor Who, and I'm not a big Doctor Who fan, but when I watched Doctor Who, like my read on him for whatever reason was that he was like 30. I think he's just got like an old looking face because he's wrinkly yeah i don't know anyways asia what yeah you said 4.8 yeah Yeah. that's right stop harassing me i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry for asking you questions on your podcast um something about these cheese it's kind of tastes like olives a little bit oh really there's probably a little olive oil in it because it's pizza flavored it's a pizza like tastes like black olives it's weird i didn't notice that I didn't notice that either, but I'll, I'm willing but to accept I'm gonna, it. I'm well, fully willing to accept it. Maybe my palate's just more refined. I don't know. Whoa. Oh. Andrew, yeah, your palate your palate is more refined to taste the intricacies of a Cheez-It. <laughs> <laughs> that's a garbage gal. She's yeah, like, I didn't fucking stutter. My, my, so. my palate was refined in a dumpster. <laughs> well, I honestly, that's pretty much all I wanted to say about this movie. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. <laughs> I think we covered the main... <clears throat> the main things it's still i mean i would say for the audience it's still worth a watch it's mm-hmm. still fun um but don't sit down being like oh i want to get really in depth in story and major payoff if you want if you really enjoyed seeing the mustang in this movie uh there was a show in the mid 2000s called rides that uh aired i think also on tlc along with chip foose's overhauling um but uh, uh they did like a a feature about 
Eleanor and about because there was the, there's this whole car restoration culture that has arisen around Eleanor because mm. they made twelve for the movie, destroyed seven of them, but so many people fell in love with that car that this these like dudes decided to start a company that was that would take old Mustangs and restore them and turn them into Eleanors. Oh, really? And so there's like this whole like culture around it, and there's like millions of Eleanors out there. I mean, probably just thousands of Eleanors out there right now. Uh, just yeah, that's a pretty common name. From <laughs> it is a common name. Um, once in the good place. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's, there's, there's this, like, if you just go on YouTube and type in, uh, Eleanor rides, there's like a whole feature about these people restoring this car. So if you really love the car, then that can be some, some fun, some fun little, uh, 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 YouTube exploration. Yeah. So that's, if that's what you want to do. I don't, but thank you. I mean, I know you don't, Asia. Thank you for the information. Um, Jason, where uh, plug all your shits? Yeah, uh, Ooh, and plug our shit. And plug our shit. Um, Stinky. <laughs> the shit that Marta and I do together is uh, a podcast called Star Wars Virgin. Which, when this goes up, when is this going up? Next Friday. Okay, so or by the time this, this goes up, Friday? it's probably it's probably up on iTunes. Um, you can find it either on the Star Wars Virgin feed or uh, the uh, That Might Be Cool feed. Uh, but it's uh, me walking Marta through the Star Wars movies uh, for the very first time. She had watched A New Hope once mm-hmm. before uh, before this, and so I decided to toss her into the deep end of the galaxy. Um, Jesus Christ! And so we're we're over halfway through now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's it's a good time. So you can check out Star Wars Virgin. Yes. Um, all the other podcasts that we have at that might be cool dot com, including Disaster Girls, which is uh two friends of mine, uh a comedian or a, a writer for Vulture and a, a comedian slash geologist, uh going through disaster movies and uh taking them on their own terms uh and and discussing them. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Jason Halftones. I just do I do a lot of drawings and comics and shit like that. If that's your if that's your bag, yeah, that's all my shit. That might be cool. dot com. Yeah, <laughs> I was like pretty much um the never same know. where you where you listen to this where you, oh yeah at the end when it says <laughs> you never know <laughs> that's uh that's Jason that's this boy. Um, can, you, can you do it live? <coughs> oh my god, are we blessed? <coughs> <coughs> that might be cool. dot com. You never know. <laughs> uh, goodbye. <laughs> no, uh, so we also have social media. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I jumped the gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It was fun. Um, uh, gone in 60 seconds at Instagram, N-I-C-S-T-Y. Jin's pod uh, on Twitter. Asia puts up some pretty fucking hilarious uh, Twitter shit. We have some stuff from um, our screening last night that I posted today at there, th- I'll probably put up some more, but not all at once. I don't want to annoy anyone. Um, and then if you would like to email us, please, at um, goneinnixiseconds at gmail.com. And then like and subscribe because that helps us, and I always forget to say it. Yo, smash that subscribe button. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Like yesterday. Also, deaf deaf totes, uh, leave leave reviews. Those help so much. Like they're they're the best thing ever. So fucking review the show. That's okay, like and <laughs> the end. Goodbye. That might be cool. You never know. <laughs>